0: Hi, I'm Jillian Swinford. And I'm Haley Broleson. And this is Mother Nature Will Kill You. A podcast about the most horrific tragedies and the most triumphant survival stories that the wilderness can provide. So grab your backpack. And maybe a bottle of wine. And let's go on a wild ride into the unknown.
1: Walking down this road I go, but I am going alone. Running far, far from home Till I am but skin and bone Oh everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome yes. back to the pod. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we made it. It's the we weekend.
1: It. I know. I have been so freaking busy and it's probably a good thing because if I'm alone with my thoughts for too long, I just like <laughs> sink into hopelessness. <laughs> yeah. At this point in my life. So, um, but I've been, uh, setting up eel ramps and going and checking those eel ramps and I went up to Houston to work with the grad students that are on this project to make sure that they're doing all of the DNA stuff right that's fun um so I've literally been like either out in the field or on the road for like like two weeks straight and I'm tired
0: yeah I bet Your, your life sounds a lot more exhausting than my life when you put it into that perspective (laughs) and and I'm burned
1: out. So, I mean, it's July in Texas and it's just hot. Yeah. Miserable out
0: even down here. It's like, gosh, like i step out on the front porch in the mornings and I'm like, this is pretty nice out this morning. Like it's a nice, cool morning. And then I look at the, the weather and it's like 82 degrees out. I'm like, okay. I mean, did I really get used to 82 degrees being a nice crisp morning?
1: Yes. <laughs> like- I took, cause we had a little, finally a little rainy day where it was yeah. like overcast the entire day. And I was like, Oh, I'll take Marzi for a walk because it's only 85. Yeah. <laughs> it's cooled <laughs> off a
0: little bit. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas I, uh, when I
1: walk her at night, like it's still like 88 degrees outside.
0: I know. And I don't know about you. I'm sure it's the same way down there because you're kind of swampy where you're at. But like the noceums here are awful oh. when the sun's going down. Like I tried to sit on my porch the other night and just have a drink and read a book as the sun was setting. And I was getting eaten alive out there. And I was like, this is just not enjoyable at all.
1: Yeah. So we've been kind of lucky. Oh, that's good.
0: Yeah, knock on your wood.
1: Because <laughs> that just Mersey was like, What's going on?
0: Someone's at Nothing. the door. <sighs> no, it's just
1: me. See? It's just me. Because we're in a drought. <laughs> oh, so. Yes, it's not that wet. Yeah. And we're kind of in a drier part of the coast. I mean, don't get me wrong. We still get swampy and we still get mosquitoes, but yeah. it's not like Houston. Houston is like, Help I don't know how anybody lives there. And I was there for like three days last week. And I was like, I want to die. I want to die.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I've never been to Houston. I've never been like around Galveston.
1: I've Galveston's only, nice.
0: yeah. When I've driven through Texas, I was coming back from a road trip with my friend after college and I have a, another cousin who's not blood related, but I just call them cousin because they're like very close family friend throughout my mm-hmm. entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he lives in Dallas And so when I was coming back from this road trip, I pretty much like went to his apartment at the time and crashed with him on my Mm -hmm. way back home. And then the Alamo, I stopped in San Antonio to see the Alamo because our family Bible is there. So it's like in the museum. So I was like, I want to go see that. And it was really strange seeing people like take the time to. Read your family's artifacts.
1: Yeah, I mean your ancestor. I don't know how he's like if he's a grandfather or what, but he's like a a, a state hero. It's yeah, bizarre because I see your name like fucking everywhere. Everywhere, I'm <laughs> sure. It's
0: funny you say that because just this morning it was this morning or yesterday afternoon. I forget. It was recent though. Um, I got a notification on our website. that someone from burleson texas logged in and i was like oh hey
1: (laughs) yeah there's towns there's streets like in every major city there's a burleson street yeah i did stop through
0: burleson texas on that road trip and just like take a picture underneath one of the town signs that said burleson texas
1: yeah "Yeah." (laughs) yeah
0: so those are the only parts of texas that i've been to but i've uh i've heard other parts are nice i've just like austin my boyfriend was recently in austin i've heard Mm -hmm. that's like a cool hip city and he is
1: it is getting a little
0: hipster uh, out of hand
1: yeah it's getting very gentrified to the point where it's i'm worried it's going to just become like everywhere else that's
0: oh that's fair
1: Um, which is a little frustrating, but there's, I mean, there's parts of it that are still fun. It's just, you're going to be dealing with a lot of traffic because all these tech corporations are coming in and they just don't have the infrastructure to deal with that because it's not like LA. It's not like those big, it's not a big city. It's really not
0: super interesting that a lot of tech companies are moving to Texas after they pretty much just like outed themselves for having their own grid and not knowing how to handle emergency situations. I know.
1: But okay, maybe it'll make it better. Maybe because there's money in that, they'll, they'll yeah.
0: Work who knows? Better, but God, so. imagine if like I mean, I'm, I'm sure there were tech companies when that mm-hmm. like outage happened. But wow, if more are moving there and another large outage happens, like yeah, oh yeah. Not
1: good.
0: Well, you know, they're
1: telling us to have our AC on like 89 or something crazy like that right now. And I, Why? Just like no, fuck you.
0: 89. <laughs> Mine's on 75 right now. And I feel like that's high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Like I would prefer to have mine on 72, but if I have it on 72, it just runs constantly because this house just does not cool down.
1: Yeah. So. It is what it is at this point. So yeah. I recommend that if you come visit us down South during the winter times, uh, yeah. Be a snowbird about it because yeah. it's much like the winter is actually really, really nice when we don't have like freezing cold, cold friends. It is. No, it really
0: is. Like, especially down here too, like we'll get some like 60 degree days where it's like yeah. a nice fall day. And like, we oh, can actually it. have like a bonfire if you have a fire pit or something like it makes sense.
1: Nice. So you're in your new house?
0: Yes, I'm in my new house. Um, I can take pictures and show you around later, but yeah. um, yeah, I I'm in it. I've been sleeping here for the past like 3 or 4 days so recently in it. Um I still have some stuff over at the other place that I need to get but it's just little things. And my parents are coming down today so that's exciting. Um I'm trying to get everything cleaned up for them. Uh and yeah, it's it's good. I have like the living room set up pretty fine. Mm-hmm. Uh my room is still kind of in a disarray because I don't know where to put things. Part of my problem is that since this whole house, except for the hall bathroom is paneling, Mm -hmm. I don't want to get too comfy Mm -hmm. because I'm going to have to end up tearing the walls down anyway.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, and there's a bunch of holes in the wall from the previous tenant. And like, I'm sure she didn't patch things up because she was like, Oh, they're going to take the walls down anyway. So it, it doesn't matter. But the process has just been a little bit more, uh, hard, I guess than and more expensive than we thought it was going to be. So, um, fun fact, my boyfriend and I are going to end up taking all these walls down and putting them up ourselves. So
1: (laughs) just like the drywall.
0: Yeah. Just the dry or yeah. Just to put drywall, take the paneling down, put drywall up. Um, and then like, you know, seal all the cracks and then paint and everything, but we're we're just, it's going to have to be a slow process. We'll just have to go room by room Yep. Um, It's going to have to
1: be like a patience thing, which is really really hard when you just want to be like in
0: and done. done. I know. Cause I was talking to him about like that kind of stuff this morning. And I was like, just telling him that, like I just said to you, like, I don't want to get too comfy and put things on the walls because Mm -hmm. then I'm going to feel like I'm in here and like, I'm going to have to take it all down eventually. So
1: well, I'm sure someday it's going to be beautiful.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I'm already happy with the place. It's just, you know, once you're in it, you're like, just, I want to, I want to do stuff. Yeah. yeah. You're like, I want to yeah. do stuff, but I can't do st-. like, if the walls were drywall, I would have already painted by now. Right. But they're not. There. So I haven't, yeah. but yeah, so I'm excited to be in here. There's still some stuff that I need to get done, but overall everything is a okay. Wayland's Good. adjusted fine. Good. Yeah. All good yeah. stuff. I like my new front porch. My realtor gave me a frangipani panty as a welcome home Aww. gift. So I got a nice new tropical plant on the porch.
1: Yeah. I saw your uh, little ad.
0: <laughs> you <did>. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that they, uh, I saw them post about how they were like seeking like people to promote their product for the summer of 2022. Mm-hmm. And so like, you just Click the link in their bio to apply, and then they just like reviewed your application. And so then they selected me as part of the team. So I just filled, the, filled out the form. Um, and then they sent me like uh, a brand package essentially of all this stuff. And then if they repost any of my posts, I get paid like $400 wow. for each one. Okay.
1: So that's pretty good deal. If I know. <laughs>
0: I know. So I'm like, well, this is. And I like creating content. I think it's fun. Does this Um, mean you're an
1: influencer now?
0: I would say I'm a light influencer. I don't do it (laughs) like like those people that are influencers do it. And if I am going to be an influencer, I want to be like an outdoor influencer with like adventure brands or like camping brands. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to do anything that's like, this is this beauty product that I don't know what the fuck is in this and it works for me. So maybe you should try it
1: yeah because oh my god all of those ads just sound like lies to me to be honest like anyway yeah
0: anyway but that drink brand it's called canteen spirits for those wondering and my toe ring just broke so sorry that I just got distracted that's fun um it's called canteen spirits and you can go onto their website that's canteenspirits.com to find out where you can buy them near you and they are good I had the um it was the grapefruit Paloma and my first sip I was Ooh. like Ooh, this is good and it's strong and I was like this is a good boat day sandbar yeah. Yeah. drink
1: yeah and um, I love a Paloma
0: I love yeah me, Paloma me too yeah. and it, it definitely tastes like tequila so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like sipping on it I was like because I like my tequila drinks a little bit more watered down just because mm-hmm. I'm a little sensitive but um but yeah, no, it, it was good. And I have various flavors of vodka sodas in my refrigerator that my boyfriend wants to try. So we're going to try them together at some yeah. point. Yeah. But they are good. That's fun.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, enough with the life updates, I guess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's get get the story going. What people actually came here for. Uh, So Haley sent me this this news uh article that Really, really links into our current episode last
0: Super week. fun. Have to thank Brenda for that one because she was the one that sent it to me.
1: Like, what are the odds that this happens, like, <laughs> the week after we do that episode?
0: know, right? <laughs> yeah. So what 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 link should we use? Fox 13 News, NBC uh, News, The Guardian, Fox. Fox, yeah, sure. Okay. No, fuck Fox. Oh, no Fox? Okay. No do you want to do, um, let's see, what else is was- cnn people.com accuweather.com it's everywhere Acu guys AccuWeather. <laughs> yeah guys it's everywhere if you just like search man falls into mount vesuvius it just <laughs> everything pops up washington post we can do that one
1: let's do washington post
0: they will um, let you
1: pass the paywall
0: oh fuck i forgot about that mm. They probably won't knowing them
1: the guardian's pretty good too yeah they a very uk newspaper i use them a lot
0: I'm on. Okay. So there's no, they want to sell me something, but I'm not doing it. Okay. So selfie taking American rescued after falling into Vesuvius crater.
1: Oh, he would be American. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like how they have to say that too. Just like, hey guys, just so you know, it's our fault. <laughs> An American tourist in Italy survived a fall into the crater of Mount Vesuvius after he tried to reach for his phone to take a selfie, according to Italian police and local officials. (laughs) I was just, I'm going to sidetrack for a second, but I was talking about Angel's Landing in Zion to my boyfriend recently and how dangerous the hike is towards the top and how people die at the top because they try to take selfies. Yeah. And this... (laughs) <laughs> then my mom sent me this link and I was like, eh, you must have known that I've been talking about something similar.
1: She's just been listening to us. Yeah, yeah.
0: She, yeah, she does. I'm sure she does. Oh, he was from Baltimore. A 23 year old man from uh. Baltimore was hiking on the famed volcano with his family Saturday when they acute ac- access the top of Vesuvius through a forbidden trail. Of course, American from Baltimore uh. goes through a forbidden trail okay this is everything about this is it's your own fault
1: (laughs) would be from fucking maryland god (laughs) for those of you who don't know like maryland and virginia kind of hate each other yeah because it's just maryland thinks they're better than everyone they also think they own the chesapeake bay which they do not because virginia has the mouth of the chesapeake bay thank you very much Yeah. And we'd have old bay too. It's not like they're the only ones in the fucking old bay.
0: Their drivers suck. Honestly, I was driving in key West a couple months ago and this asshole just like zoomed all around me and cut me off. And I was like, what the fuck? And like that hardly happens down here like ever because Mm -hmm. it's a two lane road. And like, there's just, if you're behind someone slow, you're behind someone slow. It sucks. That's what you gotta do. And, um, so I was driving through Key West, which is a city. Like there's people walking across crosswalks, there's Mm -hmm. like traffic and it's a small Island. So like everything's kind of condensed. He just like cuts me off. And I was like, what the fuck is this asshole doing? And then I see the license plate and it's a Maryland license plate. And I was like, Oh really? Of course." Like still, I was like (laughs) down here, I'm still getting this.
1: The reason why I know how to deal with aggressive drivers is because I grew up learning to drive in DC. And so we get a lot of Marylanders over on our side. um, Yeah. Because we're so close to the border and DC is like half Maryland, half Virginia anyway. So
0: I really do think I am pretty good when it comes to like handling aggressive
1: drivers. It's because of where we learn to drive.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I know. I was thinking about that that day too. I was like, why am I not like surprised at this? Like, why am I? like reactions so well to these things
1: anyway this, this yes, of the bitches of baltimore so. sorry that one that we no.
0: <laughs> we went off on a maryland rant <laughs> yes. yes um yeah 23 year old man from baltimore was hiking on the famed volcano with his family saturday when they accessed the top of the vesuvius through a forbidden trail naples police told the local media when the family reached to the top of the volcano known at, known for destroying the Roman city of Pompeii, the man, identified by NBC News as Philip Carroll, reached for his phone to commemorate being atop the 4,000-foot-high volcano. But when the man's phone fell into the crater about 3 p.m., the situation worsened. Paolo Capelli, president of the Presidio, oh, I'm not going to pronounce this right, Presidio, Presidio, Presidio Permanente, Presidio. President, Yeah, P R E S I D I O, Presidio. Presidio Permanente Vesuvio, a base at the top of Vesuvius where guides operate. Um, Instead of recovering the phone and snapping the perfect photo for Instagram, the man slipped and dropped a few feet into the crater. That's fun. This morning, a tourist, and then it's quoted, um, a government tourism official is quoted saying that this morning, a tourist for reasons still to be determined, Together with his family, they ventured on a forbidden path, arrived on the edge of the crater, and fell into the mouth of Vesuvius. Capelli told uh, a Naples Capelli, ooh, excuse me, Capelli told a Naples newspaper that a team of volcano guides on the other side of the rim used binoculars to realize that the man, quote unquote, had slipped inside the crater and was in serious trouble, noting that the American tourist was stuck. And then for and then it's quoted Capelli said that for volcanological Vol- Why do we have a problem with this word? Volcanological. Vul-
1: volcanological?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: it's like when you're trying to say volcanologist.
1: Vulcano- yes.
0: Four volcanologists <laughs> were set in motion instantly and arrived on site, and one of them was lowered with a rope for about 15 meters to allow them to secure the unwary tourist. <clears throat> he noted that Carol could have plunged 300 meters or nearly... Nearly 1,000 feet into the crater. Um, the photo on social media shows that the man with bruises on his legs, arms, and back, as well as bloody scrapes on his elbows. So he wasn't beaten up too bad, just some bumps and bruises.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the pictures now because I know someone named Philip Carroll. Do you really? Yeah. Oh my God. You're like, From is this his college, it's not him. I didn't think it was, but I was like, I gotta look, I just mm-hmm. gotta know, because it wouldn't be so out of the realm that he'd like move to Baltimore. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's really not that out of the realm.
1: <laughs> so anyway, continue. that's funny.
0: Um, well he didn't have any major damages to his body, just some bumps and bruises and scrapes. Um, but he wasn't conscious when the guides recovered him. Um, So they had an ambulance farther down the mountain to get him to the hospital. Yeah. He was taken into custody by the local police. It's unclear what the charges may be. Oh, the Washington post attempted to reach Carol and his family on Tuesday for an interview, but they were unsuccessful.
1: This is why you shouldn't use forbidden trails.
0: Yeah. um, I mean, if the, if the trail is closed, it's for a reason.
1: Yeah. (sighs) And American tourists do this all the fucking time. like, I know it's a big problem in Hawaii um, that tourists will just ignore, you know, local laws and local rules about using a trail because they're like, oh, I saw this on Instagram, so I'm just going to do it. It's an adventure. It's an adventure. You know, we're
0: going on an adventure. Yeah, I know. And it's it's like, there's a lot
1: of reasons besides it being dangerous that the trail could be close to like, it could be an ecological thing that they're trying to preserve an environment and people have been trashing it that happens all the time
0: or like mating seasons like there could Mm -hmm. be nests or something around
1: yeah so it's i don't know it's just like it's a little frustrating but well it's more than a little frustrating because people like this can ruin these experiences for everyone you know
0: yeah i mean then that's why like they put permits into place for specific places too like i read recently old rag you need to get a permit now to hike old rag. Yeah. And I remember when I was living in Virginia, I would just go down there every now and then on a weekend and just get down there early and hike it and be yeah. done. And it was easy and it was fun and it was good. And now I'm like, get a permit for that. Really? Yeah.
1: You have to like go through all of these, you know, jump through all these hoops. I was like, so I used to work at the Bull Run Mountain Conservancy, um, mm-hmm. like near where we used to live for like my summer job when I was in undergrad, because then I was essentially doing like biology type work. Granted it's all terrestrial, not marine biology, but, um, but like, it still gives you experience. It was five minutes away from my house. Like, and, um, there was this like lookout point all the way on the top of mountain. And now, um, they've closed it because it's on, somebody's private land and they opened it up to allow hikers to go up there. But because people have been going up and trashing it and spraying like a Freedy and all that kind of stuff up there. It's like so
0: that was the story behind why that was closed. Mm-hmm. Cause I went up that trail at one point before it was closed. And then I read that it was closed, but I just didn't read any more information yeah. that it was closed. But I, I saw that it had to do with some sort of like vandalism, but I didn't realize that it was on someone's private property. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. And it's just shitty. And it's because of people like this that it happens. Yeah. Now, I do find it kind of hilarious that this guy was like, was, <laughs> learned all about Pompeii, I'm sure. Knew all about Pompeii and was like, let's go up there. And then drops a cell phone and is like, I think it's a good idea to go into the crater of this active volcano and yeah. retrieve it. Knowing what you know about what happened to all of those people unless they didn't go look at that but I feel like most people know about Pompeii
0: I would have been like well there goes my phone
1: like it sucks right it sucks yeah but you can tell people you dropped your phone into an active volcano by accident
0: yeah and like they're (laughs) like what the fuck (laughs) My cousin and I were at the Grand Canyon and we were I forget what rim we were on, but <clears throat> you know how around the Grand Canyon they have those fences, like at the viewpoints. Mm-hmm. Well, like obviously the fence doesn't go all the way to the ground. Like there's some open spaces underneath yeah. the fence. And she had one of those like round mobile battery packs mm-hmm. and she was charging her phone with it. And um it like she just took her hand out of her pocket and I guess it just like fell out and like the weight of the the pack against the court just like unconnected it or disconnected it and it rolled mm-hmm. and it just like rolled under the fence and just like sat like on the ledge right there
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we were just like holding our breath the entire time we're like, oh no and um she like it was close enough she could reach her hand underneath the fence and like grab it but it's like if that thing had fallen down into the canyon we'd be like well that's that I guess yep <laughs> like, <laughs> We wouldn't try to go get it.
1: No. We wouldn't be
0: hopping a fence or anything. No.
1: Well, yeah. And I mean, he definitely is getting, he got really scraped up, it looks like, from these pictures, like yeah, all of his, at his any back pictures. And, his arms and clearly knocked him out. But, and I'm sure, you know, the fact that the media is talking about this everywhere is kind of a, Is punishment enough I feel like but yeah oh
0: yeah his back is real scraped up and like bruised
1: (laughs) yeah yeah but uh yeah so uh don't hike on forbidden trails and don't go after your phone that's my advice
0: you know what I saw on Instagram as like a ad slash sponsored post recently was Mm -hmm. I forget what the company name is now I have to go back and look at it but it is um a like a holder For your phone Mm -hmm. while you're hiking or Mm -hmm. like being a tourist. Cause like the way that it straps around your phone is it wraps around each corner. And then like the center of it is where like the strap is that like, you can like clip onto your pack or like your bag Mm -hmm. or like yourself or something. And like, I'm pretty sure it has a loop on it too. So you can wrap it around your wrist. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you like drop it, like it just still stays connected to whatever you have it connected to. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I should get one of those because I'm always so very nervous when I have my phone (laughs) near some ledge or open body of water and I'm trying to take a picture. I'm like, oh, it falls in the water. It's like, I need to have like a safety strap on my phone.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do not. And one of these days I'm just going to, it's just going to be gone. Like I know that about myself. Um all right well speaking of we can get into your story now (sighs) modern day survival stories um so i realized a while ago that we have never done a survival story on this continent and i feel like that needs to be remedied because interesting australia is kind of like one of the most deadly places ever all their
0: animals are like five times larger than like the states
1: right right and they're like poisonous and <laughs> out to get you even the magpies which are just yeah. birds and we have magpies here but they don't do this either they have something called magpie season where the fucking magpies will like dive bomb you if you get oh, too god. close to their nests <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> and no they way. call Koalas drop bears because, like, if you're standing underneath, they uh, go up just you. street and they'll just drop on you and <laughs> fuck you up. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I opened the
0: first slide. I was opening your slides for pictures and I saw your caption under your first photo and Thank I. You. I'm laughing very hard internally (laughs) internally
1: (laughs) okay well he does look like okay this story takes place in the early 2000s and like when you think of like what an Australian man should look like in the early 2000s 2000s. yeah (laughs) this guy it's exactly this man (laughs) (laughs) um so, yeah, so I was like, okay, we need to remedy this. And then I found this story and I have had it on my list for a while because I was like, oh, this is a pretty intense one. They didn't realize there's like a true crime twist. Get out of until- here. Until what? they did it on a on one of my true crime pod. I don't remember which one it was, but um, I was like, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: I'm excited. I'm buckling in for this ride.
1: Yeah. Hopefully survival in a modern day world is often limited to war torn countries or extreme climates and locations such as mount everest or like really really deep caves i feel like a lot of our more modern stories take places in these kind of like extreme places mm-hmm. um We leave many wildernesses behind as we step into developed countries, as planes have become more reliable, um, highways and interstates are dotted with towns and gas stations, and train travel is a fast and affordable option in many countries other than the United States because we have not figured that out yet. Um, Yeah. Even like the South Pole is totally habitable. With the establishment of the Scott Admanson South Pole base, like I don't know if you've ever checked that place out. I follow some TikTokers that are doing research down there, and like it's isolated, and they don't have everything, but like you can live at the South Pole.
0: Yeah, one of my colleagues has actually uh, had like a seasonal job or something down there recently. That's
1: so cool. so <laughs> yeah, cool. um, so but there are still wildernesses in developed countries where you can get yourself into trouble. (laughs) Um, the places where people can still leave you for dead old West style. Um, the desert is such a place. Um, as there are so many places where there are no people for miles upon miles. Um, so in both the United States and Australia, there are massive deserts that stretch across thousands of miles of land, and much can still be considered quote unquote blank spaces on the map. Australia, especially, is home to the Great Outback, which is a mishmash of arid habitats that completely fill up 70% of the interior of this continent, or 2.2 million square miles. Wow. Um, which is 5.6 million kilometers squared um this is where ricky mcgee a man trying to restart his life was met with an unwanted adventure that started off with crime and ended with him clinging to life in the desert wowie
0: so i also love your caption on the map of australia Uh jillian wrote map of australia for us americans who don't know anything
1: well i think and I'm I like have looked at an Australian map a lot and I still get confused where what all the provinces are because they're named things like South Australia, Western Australia, Northern Territory. Yeah. Like it's like could you give them like some solid names? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I have that map because they don't it's it gets a little confusing. And also the scale of Australia. I don't think people realize how fucking big that country is. Yeah, I'm
0: definitely one of those people that don't realize how big it is. And I have a good friend that is from Australia. So she's from Adelaide, I believe. And I'm glad that you wrote this or put this map the way that it is, because for some reason, I always thought Adelaide was like northwest corner <laughs> <laughs> and it's very much southeast corner so. Yeah,
1: there's not much in the northwest actually um western australia is pretty devoid of things and stuff because uh perth the capital of western australia is the most isolated major city in the world because oh, fun fact. other than driving like like 15 hours or something like that to get there from like Adelaide or or Melbourne. Um you you either do that or you fly there and that's it. And there's not really any other way to get there and it's like a serious major city but there's like nothing else really around it. So Yeah,
0: cuz that's the part of Australia that's like the outback, right? Like the western yeah. northwestern part.
1: There's more outback on that side. Yes, but there is definitely the outback pretty much fills up the entire interior of australia it's a weird continent gotcha. it's just weird um so i just put that there to kind of give us some perspective on the distances that they're driving
0: and why did i think that the great barrier reef was like southeast australia when it's northeast australia what the yeah. fuck
1: right because <laughs> you like what, what is wrong days? with me <laughs> yeah so you gotta like that's why i put it on there because like you just it's got to h- wrap your head around where like everything is um
0: like it's... i knew i was dumb but i didn't think i was that dumb <laughs> jesus
1: well now you get to learn about all the provinces <laughs> of australia because we're gonna love be this about for it. me um okay Fun
0: fact wasn't australia the country that people got sent to when they were like really bad prisoners
1: oh yeah it's definitely a prison colony kind of like um what's it called uh south carolina and georgia i think we're also prison colonies really or, and originally yeah huh yeah That's so everybody who lives here a lot of people a lot of white people who live here are descendants of criminals
0: <laughs> fun no wonder <laughs> they're all so crazy i feel like australians are crazy in a good way though like they're fun yeah. they're like super upbeat they're like down to try anything and you're like well you're wild like yeah. i would never do that <laughs>
1: Also, they call everyone the the c word.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. And I love that.
1: Uh, I hate that word. I love it. <laughs> um,
0: I don't mind saying a few cuss words now and then, but that word. There's something about that word that just <laughs> makes my skin crawl. I'm like, ugh. I, I think it's just because it sounds so aggressive.
1: It does. I think it's hilarious though. With <laughs> an Australian accent, it doesn't feel as like gross I guess it just feels like you know you're saying bitch you know
0: yeah there's um my friend Sarah she's the one that's Australian and she has these sayings and I've like kind of caught on to them now and I'll say them every now and then but one of them is oh bless his cotton socks like bless his little cotton
1: socks like when it's like you know oh like you're so cute like oh my god it's like oh bless his cotton socks bless his cotton (laughs) socks what the hell yeah I love it that's cute Oh my god, that's amazing! Okay, all right. Well, so let's get into this story. Um, so Ricky was born in 1970 in Gippsland, Victoria. Um, and I'm trying to find it on a map. Victoria, where is that? It's the most southernmost province with Melbourne in it. I see.
0: It's in green letters, not black letters. That's why I can find it. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
1: So. Victoria and had a happy childhood until his family moved to Melbourne where his father committed suicide which oh rough I get that so he worked a lot of odd jobs as a young adult including a carpet salesman prawn fisherman which is just a shrimp shrimp fisherman they just call them prawns um nightclub doorman bailiff and an electrician and that's one of the fun things I found out um, I went to a shrimp disease uh, class where we just learned about all kinds of shrimp diseases. And there were people yeah. from all over the world taking this class. Um, Did you do it's it in, virtually? No, it was in Arizona. It was before, oh. it was before all of this. Gotcha. I got gotcha, COVID gotcha. bullshit. And I met a, a girl there who's Australian and she called them prawns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's so fun. Um, Cause I was like, what's the difference between a shrimp and a prawn? They're like nothing. It's, it's just different, different names. It's jumper.
0: like when Sarah calls her
1: sweatshirt a jumper. Exactly.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I think of a jumper. as like my Catholic school uniform. Oh yeah. am like, not a jumper.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at some point, Ricky went to jail um, after getting in a fight in Perth, um, as well as having drugs on his person. So in 2006, when I was but a young freshman, in high school uh he was 35 fresh out of jail and living in queensland hoping to start over and queensland is the province um, that's in the northeast that's where the great barrier reef is yes super fun cool cool times um so he's hoping to start over so this is when he got a job a job he would have to cross the country for but this was the new start that he was looking for. So he went and, and took advantage of it. So in order to get to his new job, he needed to travel from his home in Brisbane, Queensland, to Port Hedland in Western Australia across 3,000 miles of Australian outback, which wow. is a notoriously inhospitable, inhospitable place even now during modern day. So if you want to look so brisbane, brisbane
0: northeast yeah. i just saw it where did i lose it yep north well it's actually probably like straight east
1: yes all so the, the way the to port headland which is in the northwestern part. i see
0: that dips down a little bit
1: that's like across the entire country essentially
0: yeah uh yeah coast yeah. to coast for sure mm-hmm
1: and I have done many coast-to-coast trips in our own country, and it, it takes unless you're pushing yourself, it takes a good week, you know. And I feel yeah. like Australia is a very similar, similar size to the U.S., so yeah, it's kind of the same, same thing. So, uh, like I said, Australia is similar to the size of the United States, and most of it is covered by arid shrubland and desert, which is collectively known as the Outback. While there are towns and national parks, most of it is sparsely inhabited or covered by large cattle stations, which are similar to our super duper large ranches down here in Texas. Mm-hmm. And they can be as large as like a state or a country and God. take many hours or even days to drive through.
0: I'm That's sure. That's how,
1: how big these cattle stations are. Yeah. Um, so this is where Ricky fell upon misfortune.
0: Hi, Marzi. Hi, sweet baby girl. Hi. Sorry, she's being sweet. She must have known that Waylon came out here because he just Uh, walked out.
1: Do you want to be up here? here. Laid on the couch. Okay, so there's our man, Ricky.
0: (laughs) Those cool wraparound sunglasses.
1: Fucking hate those kinds of
0: sunglasses. Me too. I don't. Have you seen that guy that's like, I think he's like on the roller skates or something? He's all Mm -hmm. over Instagram. I think he has those sunglasses on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like one of those things where he or maybe it was like another meme. I don't know. But he looks like a meme. That's what <laughs> I'm getting at. He looks like a meme.
1: <sighs> yeah. This guy, he's like got blonde hair. He's got the, the douche canoe wrap around sunglasses. He's he's like kind of tan, but also kind of red, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just you a know, little kind of chiseled jaw. He looks like what you would imagine an australian looking like in er the early 2000s (laughs) he's got a good elbow (laughs) pop going on in his pose he do he do
0: (laughs) (laughs) nothing against
1: ricky but i just thought that was a hilarious
0: (laughs) i know like you the sunglasses is is what really dates this photo honestly
1: (laughs) like wow i forgot all about those (laughs) yeah it's modern but not quite modern you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. in this century but not necessarily modern modern day but early 2000s early 2000s so ricky was driving a 2001 mitsubishi challenger down the bunteen highway in north australia um in the tanami desert when he came across a group of stranded travelers and if you go down um to the next slide you can see um you know where the tsunami desert is in uh, the northern territory of australia it is
0: nothing <laughs> yeah. it is a desert
1: <laughs> yeah there's not really much going on in there and then the, the next slide has the bunting highway which is this red stretch right there so that's where he was
0: gotcha on the red stretch
1: yeah so chain
0: highway and the Tanami, Tanami. Tanami. T'anami. Yes.
1: I'm gonna go with Tanami. So yeah. the Tanami Desert is an arid region in the Northern Territory um, and one of the major Australian deserts and is the size of France, Italy, and Spain combined. Wow. It's big.
0: Yeah, it doesn't look out- that big when you like look at it on a map, the little cartoon map you got here.
1: Yeah. But that just shows how big Australia is. That that is the same size <clears throat> as, as France, Italy, and Spain. Yeah, combined. That's
0: and are these animals on here? The arrows to each region—is that what that is?
1: I don't know. I think they just put them on. It's like I got it from like a little teacher website.
0: Oh, cute. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> it was the best one. It's the best graphic, but I think the animals yeah. are on there. Yeah,
0: I life. enjoy the animals on there. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so in the Outback, being stranded on a highway could spell death if someone doesn't help you. So Ricky decided to help these people that he had found on the side of the road. Their car had apparently stopped working. So Ricky decided to take either one or multiple individuals. His accounts vary. And we'll get into that a little bit.
0: Hmm. So he decided to take the crime some- part.
1: Yes. I feel like uh, we're getting to
0: a true crime part when there's people stranded on a road and there's a one, <laughs> one lonely traveler that come across <laughs> them.
1: Yeah. So he's trying to get these people to a nearby by town to get help. And this is kind of where it gets confusing because Ricky has actually given multiple accounts of what actually happened to him at this point. And I tried to try to like nail down one like consistent narrative and it was difficult to do. So I'm including multiple narratives because I just want y'all to get like the full picture so in one story, he mentioned that only one individual got in the truck and this individual gave him a drink, um, that ended up being drugged. I was going to say, um, don't ever accept drinks from strangers. Uh-huh. Little, little roofy action.
0: So Ricky was driving and he got drugged.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. And there's so then how so- they
0: pull the car over?
1: <laughs> well, it came to a stop on its own.
0: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> did he run into
1: something there's not much to run into but i guess if you run off the road eventually it'll slow down enough oh yeah huh. there's nothing out there you know yeah so in another story um there were multiple individuals that got in the vehicle either drugging him or knocking him out so let's go into both of these kind of narratives so in his initial reports to the police he said that the individuals just needed more gas so one of them got in the car with the gas can so that ricky could take him to the nearest gas station then the individual offered him a drink which ricky accepted out of politeness which if he was a woman he would not yeah you don't drink so he accepted the drink and blacked out and that's like kind of the last thing he remembered in the book though that he wrote about his experience in 2010 which was titled Left for Dead, he describes three men getting into the vehicle so he could give them a lift to the nearest town. He describes a fight in which he doesn't fully remember what happens. So they hmm. must have like been grabbing him from, you know, behind him or you know, alongside him and he guesses that he may have been stabbed with a drugged syringe in the process of this fight. Hmm. So those
0: are two very different
1: stories of how to be drugged. Yeah. It's, it's a little confusing and somewhat confusing to me because the rest of his story, like what happens to him after this point is very much true. And I don't know if it was just because of the condition he was in afterward or the fact that he had gotten drug might might have like confused the situation because you know sometimes you don't always remember everything that happens to you after you get drugged Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah
0: like if he's like starting like the more time that's passed he's like recalling more detail yeah maybe
1: so i i don't know um exactly but i wanted to include both because I think that just picking one narrative isn't really a good way to tell the story like fully and truthfully
0: yeah I mean Um, like the in a nutshell though like he was unconscious somehow mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so
1: yeah um he woke up a few times as the individuals were robbing him to half conscious and all he could remember saying was take my car I don't care just give me some water um, he does remember
0: In them, preferably
1: yeah he does remember the individuals giving him some water but not much else during that like time of like half consciousness
0: so maybe he was like blending all that together like he was like oh I drink mm-hmm. some water and I was roofied but like maybe then as he's in and out of consciousness like that's the fight that he was like remembering and like yeah. maybe they stabbed him with a syringe or something just to right. knock him out a-, a-, a bit more I don't know but it right. could be like a mix of both stories that he was remembering if he's yeah. in and out of consciousness.
1: I mean, regardless, he ended up in the middle of the desert with no car. And yeah, no, much no point. No. Yeah. So so when he did finally woke up, he woke up in the outback without shoes and socks alone, reportedly in a shallow grave under a tarp with dingoes sniffing around it.
0: <sighs>
1: That'd scare me. So the men had robbed him of his passport and ID information on top of his money. So that can be very valuable in the black market mm-hmm. um, along uh, with most of his money. So, but he apparently had about like 14, 12 to $14 hmm. and his car keys, which were useless Yeah, because his car was nowhere to be seen. Um, That's fun. He also had a cell phone with no battery power. Also so, Love that for him. Yeah, it's likely the robbers dumped his car far away from where he was. They probably had his actual car key and he had, like, you know, some. you have a bunch of keys on, on a ring, essentially. They left him with those keys, I guess. Um, so it's likely the robbers dumped his car way far away from where he was, left him for dead. Is literally highway robbery. Like this is where that (laughs) that kind of phrase literal. So, unbeknownst to him, he was dumped thirty kilometers from the road.
0: Mm.
1: He didn't know where he was either. Yeah. So it's like, how do you pick a direction to walk in?
0: Yeah. And is thirty kilometers close? No. Okay.
1: It's about I would say like it's close depends on your definition
0: well like would it take 20 minutes to walk to the road no okay
1: no let's see what's 30 kilometers that's 18 miles
0: yeah fuck that
1: (laughs) so like you could if you knew what direction to go in
0: yeah like okay but it would take you like definitely like two days
1: yeah and on top of it like you would have to come across somebody driving on that lonely stretch of highway yeah to help you Mm -hmm. so that's the situation he's in but he doesn't know where the road is so so he sat in what shade he could find and contemplated his situation as there were no houses no water and no sign of any human made thing (laughs) (laughs) so he just decided to begin walking into the desert to find help
0: gosh but like how do you think of which way to go you just look at the sun I'm like that's that's oh, that seems like I'm going this direction.
1: Yeah. And hopefully you're right.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so that was about the only option other than sitting put and kind of waiting for the end. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, no one's going to find you out there if you no. just stay put. So might as well try. Right.
1: So he traveled for a few days without finding anyone try not to let pessimism get to him, telling himself every morning that this was the day he was going to find help. He tried to hold off from drinking urine, but he gave in within a few days as there were literally no other options.
0: So can you drink your urine, straight urine? My boyfriend and I were having this conversation when we were camping, Mm -hmm. because I thought that you had to like distill your urine to drink it. Like you had to like I don't know, like evaporate
1: it or something
0: to like, have like the water droplets or whatever. But he was like, no, you can just drink straight urine. It's supposed to be like, yeah. Water.
1: I mean, you can, but it's not good for you.
0: Okay. (laughs) Because
1: like it's, it is a way to get liquids into you if like you don't have another option, but it's like the lowest on the totem pole of what should I drink if I'm in a survival situation? Because Basically what it does is it super concentrates everything. Your urine was trying to get out of you. Yeah. And so the more you drink your urine, the more gross and concentrated your urine is going to get, the more your body is going to start breaking down because it's taking on too many toxins.
0: But if you're super hydrated and your pee's clear, is that like
1: fine? It's better, but you're still going to eventually run into the same problem. Yeah. You're just processing the same
0: thing over and over Stuff again. through
1: your body. Um, Wild. So he did drink his own urine, but Yuck. he also was finding small puddles of rain water, which would help his thirst momentarily. That's good. So he also didn't eat until the fifth the day, finally deciding to eat grass and small insects, which is not a meal.
0: <laughs> but I don't think I could ever survive in that type of situation because I would just vomit everything back up and I would make it worse for myself. I know. (laughs) Like I would not eat a bug. I even have problems. Like I would really love to have some sort of reptile pet, Mm -hmm. but I have a large problem feeding bugs to them. Like I could never like uh, crickets, things that jump. No
1: Uh, uh.
0: things that crawl really fast. No, thank you.
1: No, I'm the same same way. It's so funny because it's like, I work with essentially ocean bugs. Like I work with shrimp, but for some reason they're
0: not, it's different. It's It's not the same. It's
1: different. Yeah. Because they're not like jumping. and crawling on you. It's like, Oh, I can't, I can't with Mm -hmm. insects. Well, it's about to get grosser in that regard. So get ready.
0: Okay. Buckling up. (laughs) Got it.
1: So his feet were also in bad condition because he didn't have any socks and shoes. And he was just Mm. walking through on the rocks and stuff. So they were badly cut up. Um, And then also during the day, it would get as hot as 40 degrees Celsius, which is 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Hmm. That's pretty, pretty fucking hot. Yeah. We haven't even reached that level yet here. Yeah, well, I was just wondering,
0: like, what the humidity is over there too, or if it's like a dry heat.
1: It's a dry heat. Yeah, it's not. But
0: it's not, that, not as bad as humidity,
1: but that can sneak up on you and dehydrate you. Yeah, because you don't feel like it's like
0: because
1: mm-hmm. in humid heat you feel the water coming out of you.
0: Yeah, you know, You're like hey, I'm
1: sweating. Yeah. <laughs> so he realized at this point that his nest next best option was to find a source of water and stay next to it. Um, but he was very lucky as the rainy season in the outback was just ending and there were still small pools of water in the desert. He'd been finding some of these pools, but he managed to find an abandoned dam that had like a very large pond. Um, like at its base and hmm. he managed to find it and made a makeshift shelter nearby. Nice. The really important part about this water supply meant that there were better food resources because all well, the animals also came to hang out around the water. Yeah, exactly. So what did he eat while he was out here? <laughs> so <Bugs>. Ricky, <laughs> 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 oh, oh no
0: come on did he eat animal poop
1: no it did not get that bad but uh <laughs> all right let's get into it okay i so, myself oh you're good i'm ready <laughs> ricky had been in isolation for a week essentially without food and his stomach and muscles cramped okay. he managed to kill a small lizard that scurried past okay He grabbed it, stunning it, and killing it. Problem was, he had no fire to cook it. Did he just bite his head off? Well, instead, he let the lizard dry out in the sun. And he peeled off the skin like an orange and ate it like lizard jerky. That's
0: innovative, though. Yeah. I mean, it works. That doesn't gross me out that much compared to eating bugs. Oh, just wait just wait okay (laughs) Okay.
1: from here he ate about anything he can find including besides lizards frogs leeches snakes grasshoppers caterpillars other insects and plants i cannot do caterpillars or grasshoppers or Mm -mm. leeches Mm -mm. no Mm -mm. way too squishy yeah
0: way too many legs and leeches too my mind would just go to that thinking that they're gonna suck me dead from the inside out
1: well so his this is his like advice on eating leeches (laughs) he stated that they (laughs) 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 he stated that they were okay but you had to bite down on them very quickly otherwise they would latch onto the side of your mouth or your throat as they went down it's like he found that out the hard way Uh uh-huh Mm-mm. so there you go that's my advice my official advice on leech eating how he did he
0: get it off of his throat what if it me? Just stayed there the whole time oh my god <laughs> this is weirding me out so yeah. that's fun
1: yeah so his rule for eating plants was if it tasted good he ate it which could have totally poisoned him but he was lucky Uh, I'm just going to give a general PSA. This is not the best method for eating plants in a survival situation. Yeah. Really should only eat plants that you know are okay to eat. Yeah.
0: Well, even when it came to like the lizard jerky, Mm -hmm. like iguanas are poisonous to eat if you don't cook them the right way. Right. So like that, that was my thought when you said lizard jerky, I was like, I would not even know. Yeah. Like, I'd just be taking lizard roulette there. Like, hopefully, I don't die.
1: <sighs> well, it's and I think that's essentially what he was doing because it's like, it's either I do this or I die. Yeah. So I'm going to die either way. Either way.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Oh, so yeah, fun, fun stuff. But sometimes he was lucky. Because he was mostly just eating the few edible plants that aboriginal people have been eating there for like thousands of years. Gotcha. Um, so lucked out in that apartment. So Ricky stayed at the dam for nine days to allow his feet to recover. He heard planes in the distance and decided to try to move on to try to find civilization. Because he also realized at this point that he was slowly starving to death. Mm-hmm. So he walked for two days, passing out from heat exhaustion and dehydration before he reached a larger dam. He constructed a shelter out of a steel feed trough, like the kind that you have out in the pastures for cows and stuff. Yeah. um, And mud, like for the walls. And he stayed here for six or seven weeks.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like a month and a half, two months, almost two months.
1: Yeah. So, but uh, the insects and stuff that he was eating were no longer enough. And without some bigger, more serious food source, he was going to die pretty slowly. Yeah. And this is something like, have you watched the show alone?
0: Is that the one where they're sent out into the wilderness and they have to survive? Yeah. So I actually... Was going to watch that the other day, but I have not watched it yet. And I was trying to remember who told me that it was a good show. Might was have like, been it, me. it was probably, you know, it you is. bring it up. I was like, someone told me this is good and I should check it out. And I was like, ah, I'm going to. It was something where I was just going to have noise on the TV. So I just put on like the Goldbergs or something. Yeah. Um, Because if I was going to watch alone, I wanted to like really pay attention to it. So I didn't turn it on. But
1: it does. I watched a trailer and it does look good, though. So basically. If you've seen the show alone, they often like catch rabbits and snakes and stuff like that, smaller food sources, but without like a bigger source of protein and more importantly fat, um, you can still starve to death. Even if you are catching like rabbits and stuff, mm-hmm. because it's too lean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've talked about this a little bit. We before. have, I was going to
0: say, it's like, what is it like iron poisoning or like some sort of like meat poisoning?
1: Because you yeah, have too much. Yeah, we talked about that. I think with the when they were eating like the sled dogs, but yeah, it's also if you don't have enough fat, like you you will slowly starve to death, and yeah. can't really think that there's a lot of fat on lizards and snakes. And no, so he said it was difficult to keep track of the days that he was there, especially as he weakened. I'm sure eventually he only had enough energy to get out of the shelter and fetch food and water each day and spent most of his time in his makeshift shelter. Like
0: he's literally just surviving. He's covering himself from the sun. So that's good.
1: Right. Because you could get (laughs) super like sun poisoning level of sunburn, like Mm -hmm. second degree burn kind of sunburn.
0: Yeah, it's literally like staying in shelter, only leaving for food, and then coming back.
1: Yeah, in his little, like, mud hut, which you can see the picture of on side three.
0: (laughs) He's got a little cross
1: at the top of it, like, if I die here, this is where to find me. Yeah, so, you know, eventually he knew his strength was quickly failing, so he decided to lay there until he died, and he made that cross out of sticks to put on top of his shelter, so maybe his family would be able to find his body and know what happened to him. Yeah. Which is something that, like, when we talked about Mauro Prosperi, when he did that, like, trans-Saharan race, he kind of did that, too. Yeah. Because he was, you know, in a building where, you know, maybe people could find him. So he put Mm -hmm. his flag up so that, you know, eventually somebody would find the body and know what happened. So um, his family he knew had been traveling, um, and vacationing. So he knew it wouldn't be until six weeks after he had gotten left for dead that his sister would realize that he was missing God because they weren't really in communication at the time. Yeah. That's frightening. So, um, while he was in the desert after his sister realized that he was missing, his sister told the police that he could be anywhere within a, 2000 mile radius yeah
0: it's a lot of land to cover
1: because he was driving across the entire country he could yeah. be anywhere mm-hmm. and they hadn't found his vehicle
0: yeah because they stole it
1: mm-hmm. so the police didn't really know where to start looking but like they were starting to try to find him mm-hmm. but like wh- wh- how do you, do you you know and it's it's really before we are in constant communication with each other like yeah we yeah. texted and stuff but it not everybody was like constantly updating everybody with all of their life shit <clears throat> all the time
0: yeah this was early 2000s right mm-hmm. yeah it like still costed money to send text messages
1: Right. And like, like you
0: had a certain amount each month and that was yeah. it.
1: <laughs> like, and I feel like social media was just starting. So like Facebook, I had a Facebook around that time. Yeah. But I feel like it was just young people really that were on Facebook and he's 35.
0: Yeah. Facebook was originally for college kids. Right. And then it expanded out from like whatever college it was founded in.
1: But yeah. So yeah. well, It's no, not like, it's not like we had LTE or internet. He wouldn't have had it out there. Yeah. So,
0: or find my friends. That was not right. a thing.
1: Right. So, like, where you like, we weren't constantly updating each other on all our location at all times.
0: Yeah, I was just like, hey, I'm gonna go do this. Yeah, I'll let you know when I get there.
1: <clears throat> so he also decided to, um, while he was in his shelter, he wanted to block the entrance of his shelter because he would hear dingoes crawling around near his shelter at night. And oh he thought God. they might be sizing him up for a meal since he was so weak. And he Probably. really didn't want to die getting ripped by dingoes. By dingos. Yeah, yeah. no,
0: I wouldn't either. That would be horrible.
1: Yeah. Alright, so so he's expecting to die mm-hmm. at this point. He's got his little grave all set up. He's ready to go.
0: He's like, take me now, Lord. Make yeah. it easy.
1: So It was around this time, which at this point is 71 days into Ricky's ordeal. Jesus. That two ranch hands were driving into the desert from the nearest cattle station to go to work in a remote area of the ranch. Mm -hmm. Then the man spotted something or one of the men spotted something moving in the distance and they saw a skeletal figure of a man stumbling around. It was Ricky. So (laughs) Ricky heard a car from his shelter and climbed out to see the two station hands sitting in the Land Rover. The station hands picked him up, gave him water, and drove him to the nearest town while listening to his incredible story.
0: Jesus. Yeah, I'm sure they got like an earful of that story.
1: So on the 5th of April, 2006, McGee was flown to the Royal Darwin hospital to undergo recovery for three weeks and was put on a strict diet to get back to a healthy weight as people who are in situations of extreme starvation shouldn't overeat because it could kill them.
0: Right. Like they need to get their stomach back up to being full or whatever that thing
1: is. And like having the right gut bacteria and, and all of that stuff. So, so Before his ordeal, he was a tall, strong man at 233 pounds, and now he was only 100 pounds.
0: Yeah, he's very much skin and bones in that picture.
1: Yeah, I did give you a little bit of a warning because he looks like those pictures of Holocaust victims. Yeah. Like, that's how he literally looks like a skeleton
0: mm-hmm
1: like there's like you nothing is
0: like chest bones and his rib bones mm-hmm. like his arm bones are all very like cut and pointy
1: <laughs> and that man has no ass zero ass. it's no not there no
0: no but you can see his hip bones protruding out yeah, yeah. No, it's grossy gross
1: so he had lost 133 pounds over 71 days jesus um the so doctors reported that he was greatly emaciated, but well hydrated due to the fact that he had stayed near those dams. Yeah. That was probably what saved his life. Otherwise, yeah. he, he would have been done, like, within a week for sure. Yeah. Um, Jesus. So Ricky has faced problems with the police, however, as initially the Darwin police didn't believe his version of events. Why? well like this
0: is too fucking wild there's no way
1: yes that and also because he gave different accounts oh yeah at different times but it's like if you've
0: been drugged like i don't know like you can't remember a lot of that stuff
1: right um so as i stated before he had told multiple stories of how he ended up in the outback in the first place um he has undergone multiple like police psychiatrist tests Mm -hmm. And they have determined that his body and mind have undergone severe strain. So he was definitely in the outback for 71 days, but how he got there is kind of up to questioning. Hmm. So the ordeal that he faced was real, but how he got there is kind of a, I don't know, which is wild. So doctors at the hospital also supported this fact as well. Um, and the fact that his body undergone and his mind too, even after he was drugged, like the fact that he was out there for 71 days could make you go a little cuckoo.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You lose your mind for sure. I would. After four uh, days. I can't even be in my own parents' house in COVID quarantine without losing my mind for four days. <laughs> like, what the fuck?
1: Well, and he's like malnourished too. So, yeah. you know, your brain doesn't always work well when you're under that kind of stress. Mm-hmm. Um... So, despite this, the police found no evidence that a criminal offense had occurred in the location that Ricky described, and Ricky's challenger was never recovered. Hmm. So, um, obviously, the perpetrators of this terrifying crime have also never been caught. Hmm. So, they're still out there, and they could still do this to somebody else.
0: So, here's a thought on the crime. hmm What if, because you said... He had been in jail for drugs before, right? Yeah. What if (laughs) the people that like he was getting drugs from or sold Mm. drugs to or like somebody from his jail, prison, whatever. Like what if they had some beef with him and like knew he was doing this trip and like Mm. just planted people to go like jump him and like kill him? (laughs)
1: I feel like that's that's too
0: you have to think too much about that like it's too much to plan
1: well I think like I don't I don't think he went to jail for anything crazy like I think he had drugs on him and I think he had gotten in a fight but I don't think he was like a drug runner or anything like that point Um, being
0: what if he just ran into the wrong crowd and someone wanted to kill him and they like knew that this was gonna be like the way to do it and so they like planted people
1: I think, though, that this is something that happens in this area from time to time because it's like Mad Max out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they can still do highway robbery and get away with it because there's nobody out there around. Yeah, there's all kinds of valuable things that would be, you know, useful for the. I, a lot of it is passports. People trying to get out of, you know, yeah. nearby countries, come to Australia. So it's it is a thing apparently that happens from time to time but gotcha so i don't know there's a lot of like up in the air shit which Mm -hmm. makes it a little confusing but while ricky's stories are not always the same the fact remains that he was abandoned or lost in the desert for 71 days and survived the ordeal that's the fact (sighs) yeah so ricky now lives in dubai Uh, working in construction and has written a book about his experience titled left for dead he has stated in an interview with the national that he wants to move to africa in a few years to do aid work um, and he states that his experience made me look at things differently i survived for a reason and i think i have a bit more to offer now i don't regret having gone through what i went through i cherish every day Hmm. So it's kind of gave him the wake-up call he needed and gave him the new start to life that he wanted. Yeah.
0: I mean, shit, if before he was like, ah, I could lose some weight. Well, you got that. (laughs) Oh,
1: God. Maybe that's what I need to do. Just Just go get
0: stranded in the desert for 71 days.
1: So. Ricky McGee uh, may have been unsure of how he ended up there, but he spent 71 days in the Australian outback, a feat that hardly seems believable on its own. He pulled through by a combination of positivity and luck, luck that the rainy season had just ended, luck that he didn't eat the wrong plant and luck that those cattle station hands found him. (laughs) Um, It's likely without that luck, he would have perished in his self-created grave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus. But that is sometimes how survival works in the modern world. Success is often tied to luck. And I would call Ricky's story a success story. Um, yeah. He managed to pull through where many people would have just given up. Um, the wilderness is still an unforgiving place. No matter where you live. And the Australian outback will continue to be a place of great beauty and great danger. And that is the... Survival story slash true crime story of Ricky McGee. That's
0: very wild. I know. Imagine just driving down the road and then being like, "Oh, I'll help these people," and then you're just like blacked out, and then 71 days later, you get found.
1: Yeah, it's uh, no. (laughs) But also,
0: like, I don't know about you, but I was always told to like not stop for people on the highway. Women,
1: though, we're women.
0: That's true. <laughs> it's very true.
1: I don't stop for anybody.
0: Yeah, no, I'm like, that sucks. Call a tow rock. Well, <laughs>
1: because there's just been so many situations where women have gotten kidnapped and murdered or kidnapped and sold into mm-hmm. like, like slavery, like uh, sex trafficking. Or, yeah. Like it's so much more dangerous for us than it is for men. And so I don't yeah. still think men think about these things.
0: And you know what was happening to me or what happened to me the, the other day that just weirded me out. But it, at the end of the day, it wasn't anything to be worded out about. Mm-hmm. I was coming down my new street and there was a car parked on the side of the road, which is like, that's nothing out of the norm because like there's spots on the side to park a car and people park cars over there. But like, as I was turning into my driveway, I saw that this car was like slowly following me. Mm-hmm. And then like, I was like shutting my gate. And like, this car is like slowly creeping up to me and like, I cannot mm. see into the car. And I'm like on the phone with my mom and I'm yeah. like, there is this car that's slowly coming up to my gate right now. And like, I, I just hold on. And this it's ends up being a representative for whoever whoever's going for school board, trying to get like mm-hmm. people to vote for them. And I'm just like, hello, like. Do you not see how creepy that is? Like, and it was yeah. a female that was doing it too. I'm like, you should know, like, you don't creep up on people like that. Like, yeah. at least like get out of your car and like walk door to door and like knock on them for like the block. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem as weird, you know, yeah. like have stuff in your hand. I don't know.
1: And yeah. I'm like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah. <gasps> and that's frightened
1: me. That's the thing. I feel like women just have, like, I would never accept a drink from somebody I just picked up. I wouldn't even, I'd be like, I'll get you your gas. I'll come back.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll you be have right enough back.
1: water? Okay.
0: Yeah. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or like, I don't, I don't know. And then it's bring just, like a
0: police officer or something with me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, something like, oh, yeah. God. So, you know, and I don't, I'm not, Victim blaming here it's just I think it's just something men don't really, especially because he's like a big like strong guy, yeah, you know? he probably is like,, ah, I could take whoever I' know, yeah,
0: like did I ever tell you this you can cut this out if you need to,
1: okay, but um,
0: did I ever tell you the story of when my boss got a ride from like a like a mechanic from getting her car fixed and he ended mm-hmm. up being wanted for murder. <gasps>
1: Did I tell you that story? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So my boss, when I first moved down here, she was like telling me, like, be careful. Like, you know, the keys are a great place, but people also like to hide down here. And maybe you
1: did tell me this story
0: because it, yeah, it sounds familiar. Probably. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, long story short, she needed to get her car fixed or like her oil changed or something. And um, so she she scheduled like a drop off and her husband was like, do you want me to come with you? She's like, no, like I got it. And she used to live in New York. So she's like, if I can huh. handle New York by myself, I can definitely handle this by myself. And so she drops her car off and the mechanic is like, oh, do you want to ride back home? And she was like, well, like, sure, I guess that's fine and never like, do that because
1: then they know where you live too yeah
0: well she was like my husband's not you know she was like thinking to herself like my husband's got like four or five more hours of work like she didn't say that out loud but like because that would have also been like a clue right yeah and um but she was like ah, that might be nice yeah I can do that and like people down here are friendly so like that's kind of the thing too like my my mechanic they they're up the street and like Super friendly, family owned business type of thing. Like when my coworker had to put her car in there, she lived like a few blocks down and they were like, mm-hmm. walked her home and like looked at her car in her driveway kind of thing. You know what I mean? So yeah, my boss gets this ride from the mechanic. Cause she's like, oh yeah, that, that'd be nice. And so everything goes fine. Like she gets her car fixed. She gets home. She's fine. She's safe. whatnot. the next, it was either the next day or the next week. She was watching the news, and this guy's mugshot was on the news for being wanted for murder. Oh and she was like, "Holy shit, that's the guy that just drove me home! Like, he knows where I live. He wants wanted yep. for murder." And um, yeah, so she ended up calling like the hotline and was like, "Yeah, that guy, that that guy drove me home. He works at this place." And they went like the authorities went to go. To that place of business, and uh, he wasn't there anymore. So, oh
1: my god, yeah. <laughs> so, is he at large
0: still? I don't know. I don't know whatever happened to him. I don't know his name. Mm. Like, I don't know the company he worked for. Like, That's I don't.
1: Terrifying, yeah.
0: So, because when she told me the story, it was very just like general, like, oh, I went to the mechanic, and the mechanic ended up being a serial killer. So, <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Well,
1: I'm gonna do my sources. Yeah, do that. Um. So my sources are robbed and left to die. He survived 70 days in the desert on frogs and leeches by (laughs) Cody Asman. That
0: nice name. That must have been hard to grow up with.
1: Uh, Yeah. And that's from off the grid news. Um, Then Ricky McGee from Bushcraft buddy, a new lease from the national. And I had to end up using the Wikipedia for Ricky McGee, which I usually try to avoid, but like, it was really hard to get a straight narrative out of new sources because sure. you're telling like, them different things. So yeah. I wanted to use that to kind of like get an idea of like, okay, how is this like, what, what was real and what was not real kind of thing. Yeah. So, those are my sources. Nice. So um, although this one kind of ended better on a better note than some of our other ones have, uh, let's do happy things. Happy things. You can go first. Um, I guess my happy thing is that I am done traveling and trying to get this project like all set up at this point. It's like site checking that I have to do every week, but I don't have to like go set up traps and like go teach people how to do stuff and it's, I need a break. So that's good.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, that is good. Two weeks of that stuff is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like field work. I love field work, but it just is so exhausting, especially like in the sun and the summertime, mm-hmm. it just
1: takes it out of you. I have been trained. I've been taking so many naps on the weekends. It's like, all I want to do is just be inside and, and sleep. And that's, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we set up the last trap on Thursday and I'm about killed my boss because he got like very lightheaded and dehydrated. And so I had to set the trap up by myself.
0: Oh, nice. Which was rough
1: on me, but also I was like trying to make sure that he was okay. It was just, it was a whole thing. So yeah. Don't want to kill your
0: boss. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Try not to do that. So give him
0: some liquid IV and like some peanut butter crackers. I was
1: like, there's a bunch of Gatorade in the back. Go for it. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Really? Yeah. So uh, yeah. So what's your happy thing?
0: Uh, Honestly, my happy thing is that I'm almost fully moved into this new place and my parents are coming. Yeah. That's great. We have ICAST next week. So I'll be in Orlando all next week and my parents will be here watching my doggy. And then when I get back from ICAST, I'm going to still be probably tidying up the old place. Mm -hmm. And then I have like four or five days back and then I go to Iowa to meet my boyfriend's family.
1: Oh, I was going to ask you why you're going to Iowa.
0: Yeah. They're having like a family reunion and it's both his mom and his dad's side. And he has like a lot of family members.
1: Okay. Good luck. So,
0: yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Pray for me. I will. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be fine because his parents and his brother, and I've met one of his cousins already, like they're all great. So I'm sure okay. the rest of them will be fine and it'll be fun. Like they definitely have a fun personality. So it's all good.
1: Um, Iowa though, fun, fun flyover state.
0: (laughs) So I know I was like, I've never been to Iowa. So this is going to just stay off (laughs) off the list, (laughs) but he's like along the Mississippi river. So I guess like that part of Iowa is much prettier than the rest of Iowa. So at least there'll be other stuff to do. Like there's the world's steepest train car or something like that there we're gonna go on a little train ride (laughs) okay yeah I'll tell you about that one when
1: we do it (laughs) I don't know
0: I'm excited I uh I've seen the Mississippi River I've crossed the Mississippi River multiple times because of road trips and things Mm -hmm. like that but it's always been down south um like the furthest north of the Mississippi I've been is around Memphis Mm -hmm. so Um, and I've heard the Northern part of the Mississippi is much cleaner and prettier. So we'll see. Makes sense. Makes sense. We'll see. But yeah, so I got that coming up too. So, uh, lots of travel in the next few
1: weeks. Yeah.
0: And then it's my birthday while I'm in Iowa. So it's going to be fun. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. My birthday is coming up too, and I'm going to be 30 and I don't know how I feel about it. So,
0: yeah, I know (laughs) we're definitely getting there. I still got one more year before I'm 30,
1: but still, so yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird feeling. Frightening. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. That's, that's my fun things.
1: Okay. Well, we will wrap this up.
0: Yeah. Until next time, friends stay no, safe. No, oh, no,
1: we got to give them our, like all the oh, fuck.
0: Gosh. Yeah. That's true. All of the links. Sorry guys. Brain farted on that one.
1: So where Alrighty. can our listeners find us?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we're just going to be sad out of here and be like fuck you guys don't listen to us
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you would like to listen to us on the social medias you can find us on instagram at mother nature Will podcast on twitter at mnwky podcast and then we got a website on the interwebs that is mother nature Will podcast.com we're on all streaming platforms So find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, what have
1: you. You can also listen to us on our website. We have all of our uh, episodes up there too. And if you want to submit your own personal survival story to us, you can, we can read it aloud on our shitty little podcast and mm-hmm. you can be famous to like 20 people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we should just start um, a Patreon for like $1.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so um, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have gotten literally highway robberied and then left for dead in the desert. But if you have, we want to hear about it, but it could be anything that just made you feel uncomfy in nature, um, something a little scary that you experienced while you were on a hike or on a boat or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so please write in and, uh, let us know. Um, and you can do that either, or you can do that on our website. We have a submission page that sends it right to our email or you can email us. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. You know what I was just thinking about when hmm. it comes to survival stories, it's all those people that have been getting mauled by fucking bison
1: in Yellowstone. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like, yeah, don't get too close to
1: animals. Oh please. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You missed our, I did, I finally did an animal attack story and you missed it.
0: Was it with Corey? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll have yeah. to go back and listen to it. Yeah.
1: All right. All right. Well, let's wrap this up.
0: Well, okay. Until next time, friends. (laughs) Stay safe, but most of all,
1: stay curious, explorers. Alrighty. We did it. Goodbye. See you later.